Hello, Sadhu. The company of truth is the real thing in this world. One bathes in Kashi, in Mathura, and one bathes in Hardwar. One goes to the four places of pilgrimage, but the mind does not improve. One goes into the forest and performs heavy austerities, giving unending pain to his body. One controls his sense organs after conquering them, but in his heart he doesn't think about God. Daily one goes into the temple and worships, keeping good conduct. But if one does not appreciate the sadhus, one doesn't get the Creator. Without satsang, the knowledge cannot sprout, no matter if you make a thousand efforts. Brahmanan says, search for a perfect master and cross the ocean of the world. O sadhu, the company of truth is the real thing in this world. Bhajana Brahmanand on page 178 of the book. Sata Sangata Jagasare Sado Sata Sangata Jagasare Sata Sangata Jagasare Sado Sata Sangata Jagasare Sata Sangata Jagasare Sado Satsangata Jagasara Sadhu Satsangata Jagasara Kashi Nae Matra Nae Nae Haridwarare Kashi Nae Matra Nae
मंदर जाए करे नित पूजा राके परो अचार रे मंदर जाए करे नित पूजा राके परो अचार रे साधु जन की कदर न जाने मिले न सर जनहार रे सत्संगत जग सार साधो सत्संगत जग सार रे सत्संगत जग सार साधो सत्संगत जग सार रे बिन सत संग ज्ञान ने उपजे कर ले जतन हजार रे बिन सत संग ज्ञान ने उपजे कर ले जतन हजार रे ब्राह्मणांद खोज गुरु पूरा उत्तरो बव जल पार रे सत्संगत जग सार साधो सत्संगत जग सार रे सत्संगत जग सार साधो सत्संगत जग सार रे ओ साधु the company of truth is the real thing in this world. Our next bhajan is on page 79. <coughs> o oh, disciple, it is difficult to maintain the discipleship. One has to give up eye and mind. One has to give the gift of his head. It is easy to keep the name of disciple, but it is difficult to maintain the discipleship. First, one has to wash the dirt from within. Then one has to weep in the remembrance of the beloved one. One has to sigh cold sighs. He who wants to meet the beloved earns the love with a true heart. This is a very good opportunity to meet God. One has to die while living in this world. One has to give up happiness and climb the cross. From the outside, it is very easy to be called a servant or disciple, but it is very difficult to maintain the discipleship. If the disciple is independent of the passions and pleasures of the world, within him will be the kingdom of Kripal. Ajayb says, then it is very easy to go in the court of the Lord. O disciple, it is difficult to maintain the discipleship. Sika Sikidani Pana O Kae Sika Sikidani Pana O Kae O Sika Sikidani Pana O Kae Sika Sikidani Pana 
just like to begin by thanking the masters with all my heart for um, giving me this gift of the sabbatical year at St. Bonnie. It's been so sweet, really one of the sweetest years of my life. And I also want to thank all the people here at St. Bonnie because they're a large part of the reason why it's been so sweet. Not just sweet, but really a lot of fun too. So thank you all. Um, last Sunday, Russell read a very powerful satsang from Group 5 at the specific request of some members of that group. And I think for those of us who were there, the special brilliance and power of this jewel came from its larger setting in time and space, which I'd like to share with you today. We all know how Sanchi had been so publicly sick during Group 3, and our sense for the ephemeral nature of all physical plane bodies was sharpened by the recent departure of Papaji and three other relatively young sisters and brothers on the east and west coast. There was a man up in Vermont who died recently, a satsangi, which wasn't so publicly known, but that was also somehow part of this saga. And even when Group 5 reached Rajasthan late in January, Sanchi's voice was very hoarse and weak during the early days of our stay. So we were already as a Sangat awakening to a new level of alertness when he blasted us point blank um, with particularly these words from the Sat song that was read last week, which I'd like to read again. Many people who used to go within in the time of Baba Sawan Singh know very well how many years earlier Master Sawan Singh had to leave this world 
only because he was burdened with all the problems of the dear ones. Similarly, those who used to go within also know how many years earlier Master Kirpal Singh left the body and how much he had to suffer physically. He also had to undergo an operation and many other difficulties, and he also left earlier. We people do not understand this, and still we go on burdening the physical form of the Master with all our problems and outer things. This does not mean that if we are not opening up our heart in front of the Master, if we are not telling him about our pains and problems, he will not help us. It is not like that. If we are doing our bhajan and simran, whatever amount is feasible, he helps us in that way, and wherever we need the help of the Master, he extends all feasible help to us. Master Kirpal Singhji used to say that at Master Sawan Singh's end time, when people were making all the prayers, at that time, Master Sawan Singh said, if you want to give me more opportunity to do the seva, if you want me to remain here and do more seva for you, then kindly do not write me letters with worldly problems. If you want, you can write me letters about bhajan and simran, about meditation, but do not burden me with all your worldly problems, because you have already burdened me a lot. Now you know that I have become old, so before putting any more burden on me, at least you should consider that I have become older. Hazrat Bahu said that the heart of the lover is lover of God is as soft as wax. He said, you know that whenever we ask for anything from the Master, whenever we tell him about our pains and problems, his heart is like wax, and it melts easily, and he is affected. So if you want to write letters to the Master, it should be only about spiritual matters. You should not write any worldly problems in it. You should only ask about Bhajan and Simran and the spiritual matters. In the same way, if you are coming for an interview, you should take advantage of that precious time. It will be beneficial for you if you will not ask any worldly things in your interview. <clears throat> and what wasn't shared last week was um, that these particular passages were especially emphasized to those of us in the group because we learned that during the interviews the next morning after the satsang was given in the garden, apparently there were quite a number of people who still related to the Master through their worldly concerns as if he'd never said a word. And it was really heart-wrenching. Um, and so out in the garden that next afternoon, Sanchi ended the bhajans with another sweet but very very direct statement about relating to him through his grace rather than through our minds. And I would like to play, it's only about four minutes, three and a half minutes. I'd like to play that for you, um, in his own words. Let's see. <laughs> अपने गुरु देव का जिन्हें आप दर्शन करना सन्मोका देता भी याद विच बैठना मोका देता है। I thank our Guru Dev who gave us this opportunity to sit in his remembrance and an opportunity to sing his glory। बच्चा जब बेफिक्र होना है माता भी आप दे कारोबार लगी हुई है जब बच्चा माता वासी रोना है वो जरूर होगी 
ਦਰਦ ਭਰੀ ਆਵਾਜ਼ ਨੂੰ ਸੁਣਦੀ ਹੈ ਉਹਦੀ ਆ ਕੇ ਜ਼ਰੂਰਤ ਪੂਰੀ ਕਰਦੀ ਹੈ ਇਸੇ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਗੁਰੂਦੇਵ ਦੋ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਪ੍ਰਾਪਤ ਕਰਨ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਸੱਚੇ ਦਿਲ ਰੋਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਤੜਫਦਾ ਹੈ ਗੁਰੂ ਤੋਂ ਵੀ ਰਿਹਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਉਹ ਜ਼ਰੂਰ ਪਕਾਰ ਸੁਣਦਾ ਹੈ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਅਸੀਂ ਆਮ ਤੌਰ ਤੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਕਾਰੋਬਾਰ ਵਾਰ ਵਾਰ ਸੇ ਤਾਂ ਰੋਨੇ ਰਾਤਾਂ ਵੀ ਜਾਗਦੇ ਹਨ ਔਰ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਮੰਗਦੇ ਕੀ ਹੈ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੀਆਂ ਚੀਜ਼ਾਂ ਮੰਗਦੇ ਹਨ ਇਸੇ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਅਗਰ ਬੱਚਾ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਸਮਾਨ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਰੋਵੇ ਚਲੇ ਆਵੇ ਤੇ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਇਹ ਚੀਜ਼ ਚਾਹੀਦੀ ਹੈ ਮੈਂ ਕੱਲ ਵੀ ਦੱਸਿਆ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਬੱਚੇ ਨੂੰ ਪਤਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਤੇ ਅਗਰ ਚਾਤ ਪਾਉਣਾ ਠੀਕ ਹੈ ਜਾਂ ਗਲਤ ਹੈ ਇਸੇ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਗੁਰੂ ਨੂੰ ਪਤਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਇਹ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਮੰਗ ਜਾਇਜ਼ ਹੈ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਨਜਾਇਜ਼ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਇਹ ਉਸ ਪ੍ਰਭੂ ਦੇ ਪਿਆਰ ਨੂੰ ਤੜਫ ਰਿਹਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਮਨਾਸਬ ਜ਼ਰੂਰ ਸਾਡੀ ਬੇਨਤੀ ਸੁਣਦਾ ਹੈ ਪਕਾਰ ਸੁਣਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਰਹੀਮ ਹੈ ਰਹਿਮ ਕਰਦਾ ਆਇਆ ਹੈ when the child is involved in his own work at that time the mother is also careless she does not worry about the child because the child is busy in his work so the mother is also busy in her work but when the child is in trouble and when he cries out for the help from the mother she at once leaves all the things no matter how important work she may be doing but she leaves everything and she attends to the child and she fulfills the needs of the child in the same way if we also <coughs> call for the master's help and if we also cry out for him he definitely comes and fulfills our wishes and he helps us and he grants us whatever we need for but what do we do we people sit in his remembrance we people ask for we people sit in his remembrance and we spend many nights we stay up in the night we work hard also but what do we ask from the master we always ask for the worldly things just like that child if he always goes on asking for the worldly things or the things which are not good for him as i said yesterday also that the child is ignorant one he does not know that putting his hand in the fire is good for him or bad for him but the parents are wise and they know and that is why they do not allow him to do that in the same way when we are asking for the worldly things when we are asking for the other things which are not good for us master who is very wise he does not give us those things because he knows what is good for us and what is bad for us he is the merciful one he has come in this world to shower grace upon us and have mercy on us and but we people do not understand and we that is why we do not take advantage of his grace even though we may be working very hard but still we always work hard and ask for only the worldly things from him But the other thing that became so clear during this time was that um even though the words and the power and the boldness with which Sanchi was speaking to all of us in a more direct way perhaps than we wanted to hear um it was also so clear that he was connected with us and affected by us because of love and it had nothing to do with condemnation or guilt or coercion or anything like that it was as the father um or the mother is connected to the child lovingly and that's why there's this there's the vulnerability in that relationship and something that i didn't realize then but has been growing and growing in me in my heart since i've been back is not so much a kind of 
morbidity or gloom, you know, what's he saying, how long is he going to be with us? It's, it's the opposite. It's, it's a kind of exaltation that um, in speaking, us, speaking to us so directly as a Sangat, he's really acknowledging that we are growing up and that it's not as the father with an infant child who can't, who isn't free to tell the infant, oh, I'm working very hard for you, I'm suffering on your behalf because I love you so much. No, it's not like that. There's just a lot of um, cuddling and uh, nurturing in a very uh, sweet but kind of um, rudimentary way. But now it seems as if Sanchi is really choosing to make a more conscious connection with us as a Sangat, and to me that is tremendously exciting. And also, it became clear to me that when he is giving us this possibility of relating to both the inner and the outer master only through our meditation, he's not just limiting that to the few lucky souls who have spectacular inner plane experiences and can really relate to the master that way, that he's really opening the door very, very wide for anyone who has the five names or even just a longing heart, um, that that door is, can be completely opened in terms of his outpouring of grace into our painful karmic dilemmas here. And um, that, too, is very beautiful. And I just want to end with a story that I think he gave us at the end to sort of perhaps soften uh, some of the sternness and to remind us that this is a connection in love and that he is the forgiver and he knows our condition. Um, because after all these words and about being so clear about how the disciple can really burden and wound the master because of that loving connection that they have together, he gave the most incredible picture. I think it was the last uh, Sunday, the, pretty much the very last program we had with him, I think, um, in the Indian courtyard, the bhajans that we were all singing to him that last Sunday afternoon. And uh, one of my friends, and she gave me permission to share this story. She was right in the front row to take pictures. She had a little tripod and a camera. And I was sitting behind her and then she was there, and then Sanchi would come. So we were all three in a line. And before Sanchi came out, she turned around. She was very considerate. She said, you know, she was very concerned that the people behind wouldn't be blocked when she had to move around to check each time before she took a picture that the flash was off. And she very considerately showed us how it would be when she would turn around to check the flash and make sure it was off each time. And she wasn't blocking anybody's way, and we were... It was all fine. Well, Sanchi came out, and people were singing, and the first time that he looked at her, really deeply, really beautifully, she had checked, she made sure that the flash was off, she took the picture, and it flashed, and Sanchi jumped. Sanchi winced. It was so, oh, it was really hard to see that. And she, having tried her best, being so conscious, she had unwittingly, um, this terrible thing had happened. She had harmed briefly. You know, she, she just hurt the saint a little bit. And I saw her, because we were all in a line together, she ripped the camera off the tripod. I'm sure she would have flung it if she had dared. And she just, for the rest of the time, 
was there in front of him. I, I could see her writhing in front of him, begging and begging his forgiveness. She was so sorry. She had tried so hard not to hurt him. And despite her best efforts, this had happened. And several times, Sanchi looked at her. And the looks that he gave her were so deep and so forgiving and so beautiful. There was not the slightest bit of reprimand. It was totally compassionate, totally understanding. And that's, that was the picture that he left us all with in revealing more deeply to us, perhaps than ever before, his vulnerability to those of us that he loved so much. Well, this was my third time that I've been to India um, through His Grace, and it was uh, quite a different time for me than I'd ever had before. The first time that I had gone, I was violently ill most of the time, and I didn't participate in a lot of the program. Uh, the second time was three years ago when Sanchi was so sick and we only saw him two days. And what I got this time was, um, to me, so amazing because what it was was a showering of love the whole time. Uh, he was very weak, as you've been told, when we first got there, but he didn't miss one thing. And I've, I've never seen, or you can't even put it into words, he was so gracious uh, and so loving. He showered us uh, with love and compassion and graciousness the whole time. His talks were very stern, and they really oh, dug deep into us. Um, but before each talk, before any meeting we had with him, he would stop and he would give us darshan. Uh, he would just take as much time as he needed to look at everyone and make sure that he had looked at everyone. Then we would have his talk, or he would bless the food as we walked by in the langar, whatever. But after every time we saw him, he would then stop and he would look at everybody and give us darshan. Um, after the evening satsang, even though he had already given us darshan two times and a darshan line, when we walked with him to his room, he again would very graciously stop before he went into his room and look at every single one of us again and give us darshan. Um, he also came out onto the rooftop every night, um, every single night, and we sang to him, and again, as he came out, he would look at everybody, and as he left, he would look at everybody, and he just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And again, his talks were very stern. But much of the time, he would look at us, uh, smile. Uh, some of the times when he was telling stories, he would, he would laugh and we would laugh. But the messages that he, were, that he was, the messages he gave to us were so, so strong. And I, I just hope that, I hope that I, that some of it sunk in, and I hope I learned something from this trip.
uh, I'm going to share with you um, a huge mistake that I made. And again, in sticking to the theme of his graciousness, I saw that no matter what we do, he's only going to be loving and forgiving and compassionate. And we're, we will do what we're going to do, and that's the way he will deal with us, with forgiveness and compassion. Um, on Sunday, Sunday, the first Sunday we were there, was the day that he gave the talk on um, worldliness. Uh, before that talk, it was the Friday that we first got there, I was really overwhelmed by what I considered to be earth-shattering, life-or-death situations in my life. And I went to Papu, and I said, Papu, um, I, I really have a lot to say to Sanchi, and I don't know whether I should just talk to you first um, and have you just relay this to Sanchi or whether I should still write something out. He said, write it out. If it is that important, write it out. So I, this is very embarrassing, I wrote out four pages um, of what I considered to be earth-shattering problems and um, gave it to Papu on Friday. Well, on Sunday, when Sancho gave the talk, um, I sat in the talk suddenly realizing, although I've heard it many, many times, we don't do this to Sancho. We don't write about worldly matters because he knows. He knows everything. Um, I sat there realizing, as, it was, if it was, as if it was the first time I'd been told, um, that I had made a big mistake and that I had burdened him. Um, after the satsang, I went to Papu's room, and he was standing there as if he'd been waiting for me. And um, I said, Papu, can I please have my letter back? He said, it's too late. I already read it to him. And I, I really just crumpled up and um, decided right at that moment that I shouldn't be there, that I didn't belong in India, and that I should just go home. And Papu said, um, Nancy, it's too late, and you're not to worry about it right now. Um, the truth is that almost all the letters that I went over with Sanchi this weekend were of a worldly nature. Um, he said, so it wasn't just you. And I said, but it's true, Papu, isn't it? If I had just done Bhajan and Simran the way the masters have all begged us to do ever since we were initiated, um, that my mind wouldn't have created all these questions. And Papu would say, yes, this is true, but it's too late now. Don't worry about it. So I wear it anyway, and uh, the next day was my interview. And um, I worried so much about the awful thing that I really had done that I became physically ill before the interview. Um, and then I was fine, then I went into the interview, um, where he totally compassionately and uh, lovingly and in a very concerned way uh, repeated much of what he had said the day before, very kindly to me, not he wasn't chastising me, he had forgiven me for burdening him. Then he leaned, he leaned forward and he said, I understand your situation perfectly. And when he said that, and I was so close to him, it's like for the first time, although I've heard it many, many times, I understood that he knew everything about me. I didn't have to write one word to him. He knew everything. I remembered things we've heard, like he knows our very thoughts, even before we think them. 
He also let me know that my problems were serious. Yes, our problems are all serious. But he said to me, if you would only do your bhajan and simran, this would allow the master to help you from inside, and you would not burden the outer master's physical form. Um, he said, when we're sitting in his remembrance, he's always looking at us. He knows our everything, and he is constantly watching us. Um, and again, he repeated very lovingly, if you read the Sant Bonnie magazine, and if you go to satsang, almost all of the questions you would ever have to ask me would be answered there for you. Um, then I left my interview, and many things unfolded uh, in a very physical way for me during the week to show me that he really, really does know my every thought. Um, it was no coincidence that this happened. I was in a group with uh, two medical doctors who, on their own, came up to me and offered me information that I had literally written two pages about to Sanji, questioning and asking, and what should I do about this? And one, one doctor came up to me and said, I, I brought an article with me, and I have a feeling I'm supposed to give it to you. I'm not sure why. And it was an article about the very um, situation that I was so concerned about. And another doctor came up at a different time and spoke to me about something else. So on a very physical level, Sanchi had already answered my questions without me having to burden him in any way at all. He had set it up so that there would, I would find some relief and some answers to things. Um, he showed me that he knows my every thought. Um, in the first bhajan sitting that we had with him, I realized as I was going to the sitting that I left my bhajan book at home. Um, and I said out loud to some of the women in my room, I can't believe this. I remembered my face cream, I remembered my vitamins, and I forgot my bhajan book. What a dope. And so I went to the bhajan session. At the beginning of the bhajan session, he looked at me and he said, we worry about face cream and vitamins. <laughs> to keep us beautiful. But the only really thing of beauty on this planet is Master. He's the only beautiful one. So I kind of crumbled up and died right there. But, but he had a sort of smile on his face when he said it, and I went, oh boy. Um, then someone relayed something to me. Um, there was a woman whose mother had just died um, of cancer. And the woman, she was very young and very, very heartbroken. And it was bothering her meditations. Um, and she said, I can't write to him about this. He said, I can't. I'm just going into, I'm going into my personal interview. And uh, I would just ask him to help me in meditation because the truth is I'm haunted by thoughts of my mother and I can't meditate. So she went in to her interview and asked solely about meditation. And he not only fulfilled one of her dreams that she had had in her mind, um, a wish that she had had, that he would demonstrate something to her, he demonstrated this very special thing to her 
And he also answered questions that she had in her heart about her mother without, without her ever writing anything down. He just took the time and answered these very important questions for her. Um, and he also, she said, he also let her know that her problems were important. But again, he said to her, if you do your bhajan and simran, it will allow the inner master to send you more help, and it will make you stronger so that you can bear the karmas easier. But you have to do this. Um, one of the last things that I did, um, again, that showed me that he knows my every thought, at the end of our stay at Bhagat's house, um, it was like a little child in me sitting down at the last satsang saying, gee, we didn't get any burfi parshad this time. Um, now, instead of at the last, at the last uh, satsang maybe asking for sachkhand or asking for help in my meditation, or I asked for burfi, and I got it. Papu passed out a cup of burfi to all of us, and he said that Sanchi had sent us this parshad, special as our last parshad, from Rajasthan. And I, th these are only a few things, but throughout the whole trip, my mind would do these crazy things, and then... Sanchi would say something or something would happen to show me that. He knew my every thought uh, before, I, before I thought it. He knew everything. Um, <clears throat> he, he showed me there in many different ways um, that he is ready and willing to help us with all our fears and everything. Um, Whenever I go to India, I'm a very nervous, fearful person. Um, I have this karma with stinging insects. Um, I have an unusual fear of stinging insects. It's not even rational. It's a very crazy fear. And um, every time I go to India, he helps me with that. And in the beginning, on, on, the, bus, on the bus, on the way to Rajasthan, our bus broke down. We were in the desert about two hours away from Rajasthan, and the bus broke down, and it happened to break down right in front of this place that looked like a modern General Motors factory in this country, way out in the desert with nothing else there. And so the bus hobbled into this place and um, where there was grass, and we were told to just relax and sit on the grass and while they repaired the bus. Um, so as we were sitting on the grass, I decided I needed to take a walk. And I did. And as I turned the circle around to come back to the grass, everybody was running inside this beautiful enclosed building with uh, Italian tile on the floor and beautiful windows and doors. And I looked up, and there was a swarm of bees um, as big as this room. They were about 20 feet up, I would say. And um, I had never seen anything like it. And I just started shuddering, and I went, oh, my God, bees. And... There was an initiate in front of me, and she said, Oh, Nancy, we left our stuff out on the grass. We better go get it. And I said, I'm not going out there with all those bees. And she said, Look, just do your sim run and go out there. They'll leave you alone. They're just natural creatures. And I said, That's easy for you to say. And she said, Look, really, just do it. And she walked out, and bees were swooping down at her. She was just kind of brushing them away. And said, okay, um, I'll do that too. And so I very shakily began doing Simran, and I walked outside, and no bee bothered me. They just swarmed above our heads, and we went and got our stuff. And 
um, came back and, and everything was fine. And I felt really silly, but it had been a real big fear with me. Um, then when we got to Rajasthan, one day I meditated from 10 to 12, and we were supposed to meditate from 11 to 1. And this next incident just showed me how really careful we have to be when we're there. And the meditation schedule is very strict, and the program schedule is laid out for us, and all we have to do is do it. And I, I think I pushed the rules a little because I meditated from 10 to 12, which was fine, but I should have meditated from 10 to 1. If I wanted to meditate early, that was fine. But at noontime, I got up when everyone else was meditating, and I thought it would be wonderful to take a walk in the hot sun um, and practice doing Simran. And I, I started running around the outer edge of, of the ashram, which is about nine-tenths of a mile in the hot, blazing sun. And I had my attention riveted on the far wall, um, one of the four corners of Court, courtyard, and so I was doing Simran, barefooted, running down the walkway, and really into it, and really concentrating. And I, I ran right to the end, and for some reason turned around again and decided that I wanted to run back the same way. And within, I was sort of patting myself on the back saying, boy, you did Simran that whole, boy, that was great. You really remembered to do Simran. And my mind was wandering, and I was not doing Simran, and I was running really fast, and I ran into, on the pathway, a swarm of thousands and thousands of giant ants that were big like spiders. And, with, and I went, I just freaked, and I got very frightened, and I totally forgot Simran, and I was just shook and everything, and I didn't have time because I was going so fast to avoid them, and I ran right through the swarm, and I did get stung. Not badly, once or twice I got stung, and wiped them off and continued on. And it was, it was a time when we were not really supposed to be out of the compound. Um, and again, I had my lesson with the, the stinging insects. Um, The only other thing that I would like to share with you is um, another talk that was, for me, very, very heavy uh, because it was about parenting and our children, and I'll just share a little bit of that with you. Um, it's, it was a question and answer period, and the question was, um, Sanchi, should should we force our children over the age of 15, if they're resistant, should we force them to go to satsang? And Sanchi said that children are very innocent souls. And if the parents have set a good example, the kids will not want to stray away from the path after the age of 15, and there won't be an effort to get them to go. Um, he said that the good deeds of parents have a great effect on the kids. Um, then he said, the fault in parents is that um, they don't set a good example in front of the kids. And this makes the children lose faith in the satsang. Uh, they say, well, their parents have been initiated for a long time, but they still fight and they still do bad deeds. 
So how is satsang going to help me if it hasn't helped my parents? Um, then he said that when the kids get older, they will defy and rebel against their parents and that the kids will become like their parents. He said it is that simple. Then Sanchi said that his mother was very devoted, soft, and yielding, and that his father was very strict and disciplined. And this is a direct quote uh, right off the tape, uh, what I'm going to read to you next. He said, It was not within my power, or it was not because of any effort that I made, that I was able to learn all these things. It was due, it was all due, to the impression and the impact which those great people, my parents, had on me, that I was able to learn all these things. Um, that hit me like a knife in my heart, because I just always assumed that Sanchi came down from Sachkhand and was what he was and is what he is. And he plainly states here that what he has become was due at least in part to the example that his, these great people, his parents, set for him. Um, I don't really know what else to say except that the talks that he gave really just ate away at me the whole time and I pondered what he said and prayed a lot that he would give me inklings uh, at least and uh, how to be a good example for my children and how to be a good disciple. And the last thing I want to do is to melt his heart. Um, the trip was absolutely wonderful. I'm very grateful that I had the chance to go. And I guess what I brought home with me was the knowledge that he is just as much here with me as he was there. And every thought I think he is aware of. Um, and he's there waiting to help me if I let him. Thank you. I'll start off with something I wasn't planning to say anything about, um, but along the lines of what other people have said, I was reminded um, of an experience I had with Sanchi many years ago. Um, in an interview, it was the first group after the 1980 tour, and in my interview, um, because I knew that Sanchi had been sick towards the end of the tour. And I seem to remember that I heard that he was sick some when he got home. Uh, in my interview, I asked him, you know, how was his health? And he said, well, I'm better now. He says, and then I still get stunned with my memory of it. He said, you know that on the tour, no one brought me any happiness. Everyone brought me their pain. And when they did that, um, I had to help them, he said, but now I'm better. Uh, and so I, I took it along the lines of um, what, you know, what he said in this talk in this group, that the saint's heart is very soft, it's like wax. Uh, when we do bring him those things, he's, he's virtually helpless to, 
to not give us something in response. Um, ever since then, I've always tried to find at least something when I see him in an interview um, to say about what I'm happy about, some aspect of my life. Um, and I've always thought that was a good idea. Um, and as far as the, you know, the question of what we should do um, in that light, uh, I mean, I myself have at times, once in an interview and once in a letter, uh, felt like there was just nothing else I could do. I was in you know, such unhappiness that I had to cry out. Um, so I would never criticize anyone else for feeling like there was just nothing else to do. Um, but at least for my own self, I feel like uh, it's time to think along those lines about how we should relate to that. Anyway, what I wanted to, um, to talk about today is, well, I don't know if this will, how much sense this will make to all of you. It certainly makes excellent sense to me. Um, I, <laughs> excuse me, Dana, but I felt like I was cuddled the whole time. It was great. Uh, I was simply extremely happy. It was absolutely wonderful, strangely wonderful the whole time. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to, you can enjoy listening to Fletcher talk about how happy he was. And, well, that's, that's nice. He's a nice man. I'm glad that he had a happy time. Um, I don't have much in the way of, of lessons that I learned to, to share or, or pass along. Um, I sometimes wonder what talks, you know, after India trips are for. Um, Sometimes I think we look for, as I said, for lessons, or perhaps if we're feeling sort of down, we look for some comfort or, or inspiration. Um, if it's comforting or inspiring to you to listen to me say that I had a wonderful time, then uh, there it is. Anyway, uh, as far as why we give talks like this, I have no other agenda other than I, I did have a wonderful time, and I felt like expressing it and expressing my thanks for it. Um, and it was very simple. Uh, I felt very much closer than I ever did in my relationship with the Master and felt really happy about that. Uh, and I, mean, I understand that this is the path of perfect union and perfect bliss, so that what I had is maybe a little short of that. But um, it was wonderful nonetheless. I was very, very grateful. I said so to Sanchi. Uh, in my interview, I said, I've just been having the best time in my life. I've been so happy. Thank you so much. And he said to me, he says, yes, I've, I've seen you in the Darshan lines, and I saw that in your face, and I knew that you were very happy. And he said, and when I saw you like that, I just felt like laughing out loud. <laughs> so, um, although, you know, there's an aspect of it, too. I could feel very heartfelt and, and, and humbled and, and solemn about it, uh, but I feel like being really lighthearted about it. Uh, I'm also um, in touch with reality enough to know that I haven't behaved well enough or, or meditated well enough to, uh, to have deserved anything like that, so that I, I recognized it um, pretty much from the beginning that, that there was a gift happening there, and I was... I was receiving like that. Um, 
It was even from the moment that the, the trip started. I, I, there was a snowstorm the day before the trip, and I was up that night and up the next morning snowplowing and had a few disasters along the way, and I didn't think I was going to make it. I got done just in time to get home and take a bath and get in the van and, and go down. And from that point on, uh, it really was... I had this image that this movie that my life is, the, the director just yelled, Cut! And said, Take ten days... And, and it was just like that. Nothing bothered me. Uh, everything was fine. It was peace and plenty from beginning to end. I had, it was nice weather. There was lots of nice people. Um, the strangely wonderful aspect of it was that I recognized, particularly when I was there, that in some way um, the difficult things in my life just weren't touching me. And the things that I yearned for in my life they were there. I could call them back, but the, the yearning just... There was something backed off on that, too. Um, it was like a breathing space. It, was, it wasn't boot camp. It was summer camp. Um, and so I just did it. I just enjoyed myself for ten days. I honestly could hardly tell one day from another. Uh, I never once said, well, six days down, four days to go. I can be brave. I can hold on. Um, Never once did I say, oh, six days are gone. There's only four days left. I wish this would go on forever. Um, it's just, it was so peaceful and so easy. Um, the nicest thing was that really for the first time in my experience, um, meditation just, there was no burden to it at all. I'm, I'm plenty capable of being brave and getting up and and... You know, sitting through the morning sitting and all of that stuff. No problem. No bravery required. I just got up and sat, and I went to sit whenever it was time to sit. Never felt like getting up early. Um, had nice meditations. Um, you know, this is no small thing. I really... I didn't not notice that this was different from my normal state, and I really felt um, like paying attention to it and... Uh, seeing if there's anything to see there and something to learn. Um, and whatever I've been able to come up with in the way of understanding of it, um, I feel like there is some sense of an understanding. Uh, it's very hard to put into words. It's really easy to feel like you understand, but um, the words are not so easy. Um, I felt like I was closer to the heart of the matter than I've ever been before and appreciated um, the gift of that. If this is the path of union, then union begins with an approach and I felt like the conditions were given to me to make a closer approach than I ever had before. and. The approaches in our meditation and in seeing the Master in, in Darshan. And both of those were just very easy and very good for me. Um, anyways, that, that tantalizing kind of thing that uh, I, I felt like I was onto something but just couldn't quite get it. Um, <laughs> Russell sometimes uh, quotes from songs of one of his favorite musicians and uh, 
apparently it's, it's part of our practice of the path that if you see somebody doing something, especially somebody that you think well of, then you feel it's okay for you to do that too. Um, I had a, a, a line came to me from a favorite song of mine towards the end of the, the group. You know all the words and you've sung all the notes, but you never quite learned the song. And I felt like, you know, we, we work hard on, on learning the words and learning the notes to this, this great song that, um, that the masters have. And you can do that, but it, it takes a long time to learn the song. That's the way that it felt. And I just felt like I was maybe a little closer to the song than, um, than I have been before. Um, so that was it. I was very happy. This right now is the, the happiest that I've been since then. Because uh, I get to express that. Um, anyway, I, I felt a choice between speaking and, and being speechless. And I felt that a gift like this just shouldn't go unacknowledged. And so I wanted to thank the Master for that. Okay. Well, I can't. I can't say how much I appreciate hearing all three of those of those talks and how much I am grateful to the dear ones for sharing that all of that with us. Not also um, the two people who spoke last week too. I think that it illuminates very much the talk that we heard last week and that uh, if we consider everything that has been said that um, well I don't say we'll understand it all but um, I think we'll be on the approach to it um, the, the master is indeed gracious and he does you know as Sanchi says he is happy in our happiness he doesn't want us to be unhappy. It's awfully easy to forget that. I just want to tell you all that um, Judith and I will be leaving tomorrow on group, group six. And we will be gone for the next three weeks or so. And it may, you may be interested to know that this will be the first time since 1976 that we have gone together to Rajasthan not obviously to be with the master there's been many situations where we've been with him together but for one reason or another mostly connected with the fact that Judith has to go in the last group at Sanchi's request in order to so he can go over with her the next year's groups and instructions he has for her and for many years I was um compelled by schedule reasons to go in group four. So it just happened that way. Anyway, we will be going tomorrow. And after hearing what everyone has said today, I will tell you that I can't wait. And uh, I think we're very fortunate people, but it's very easy to forget that. I do want to play. I appreciate very much uh, Dana's playing the few minutes of the tape that she played of that, and I would have, truthfully, I would have preferred to have played the tape of the talk last 
Sunday rather than read it. But the problem is, of course, the, the time factor. And uh, it would have taken twice as long to hear it because of the translation thing. So I, I agreed to read it from, with that in mind. Perhaps we can hear it at satsang before long also. This um, tape that we're hearing is in the series we've been hearing of the Bhai Gurdas talks, which Sanchi gave um, last year. Guru Angad da samkali hoya hai Achhe kumai wale paramgati nu prapal san Odo itne saadhan ni san Kapde vagara de Aam taur de te Budiyan kharandar kat ke Kapda bunaniya siriyan Saadhu lok vi aam taur de te Soot mangalonde si de Hero kare aapne kapda unlende si de Dadu de alda chela Suwa पिंड जेंदर सूत लेन गया सानू पता ही है गुरु समुंदर हुंदा है समुंदर अंदर सब नदियां नाले पै जांदे है वो फिर भी उछलदा नहीं गा समान ही रहंदा है लेकिन एक छोटा जा नदी होवे ओदे विच जद बारिश हो जांदी है वो या ता थल्ले बैठ जांदी है बारिश ना होवे अगर बारिश हो जावे तो उछलना शुरू कर देंदी है आसा पासा आवदा तबाह पहुंचौंदी तुरी जांदी है सेवक वो छोटी जी नदी तरह हुंदा है जिन्हें संभालना बड़ा मुश्किल होता है और ये तो संत सतगुरी है जेड़े परमात्मा ने मिलके भी दम नहीं मार देंगे एक मूली इंसान भी तरह हो जिंदगी जिंदे है तो सुबह चेला गया सूत लेने वास्ते दिल से ख्याल आया कि लाल की देव मानिए छेती सूत दें दिया तो कहे ले आओ माई सूत लो माई तूत एक औरत दे बच्चा नहीं इसको लाल की बीमारी बड़ी जल्दी आई सूत लेके उन्हें नहीं देखा कि ये कौन है कौन नहीं उन्हें स्वभाव की कहना फरदा सी वो कहने लाय पाई सूत वो अगर लाय माई पूत जब दादू दयाल ने पता लगया जब वो आश्रम में चाया तो कहने तेरा मुंह देखने दे काबल नहीं ओदी किस्मत अंदर बच्चा नहीं जा तू ही ओसी दे करे जन्म ला है तो कहन दा भाव महाराज सावन कहंदे हुंदे सीगे आप दे सेवका नु सत्संग अंदर ताड़ना कर देंदे सीगे ते अगर थोड़े ते थोड़ा शब्द रूप गुरु दया करदा है थोड़े विच धुआं भी नहीं निकलना चाहिदा गा के साडे ते कोई दया है या सी कुछ है तो कहंदे हुंदे के थोड़ी तरक्की रुक जाएगी कुदरत कानून दे कदे भी खिलाफ नहीं कुछ करना सिमिलर काइंड ऑफ थिंग हैपेंड विद वन ऑफ द डिसाइपल्स ऑफ दादू दयाल Dadu Dayal was contemporary of Guru Angad Dev and he was a perfect meditator. He also reached the highest status. And uh, in those days there were not so many good means of weaving the cloth. So people, especially the women, used to weave the cloth in their own home from the thread. And uh, usually the Mahatmas or the Sadhus also used to beg for the thread. And they would themselves and make the cloth. So one day it so happened that uh, Dadu Dayal sent one of his disciples in the village to beg for the thread and uh, you know that master is like an ocean and uh, the ocean contains all different rivers canals and all different other sources of the water and it still remains very serious it does not 
over flood and like that it always remains very sober and serious whereas the condition of the rivers and the other rivulets if it doesn't rain enough they become dry and if it rains too much they are uh, flooded and they create havoc for the other people also so the masters are like the ocean even though god almighty has given them so much but they still contain everything in them and they do not show off whereas the disciples those who are like the rivers they always want to show off that they have been given something and in doing that they always lose the grace of the master so that disciple of wdl went in the village to beg for the thread and in order to attract the donors what he said he started saying that give the thread and take the sun now people were attracted the women were attracted to him and they gave him the thread and there was one woman who did not have any child and she also came and she said well you take the thread and that disciple of dadudyal said well you get the sun you will have the sun so when he came back dadudyal was very much upset at him and he told him that i don't even feel like looking at your face because you have done such a thing which goes against the will of god and goes against the law of the nature you should have never done that now because of this mistake you will have to be born in her home as a son because she does not have any other son written in her fate so the masters always tell us that if god almighty has showered grace upon us if the shabbat form of the master has showered grace upon us we should not let even the smoke come out from us we should not even give a slightest hint to the people that such a grace has been showered upon us master sound singh he also used to say that if the shabbat form of the master showers grace upon you if he has given you something in the within you should always contain that in your own self and you should not show off the people that you have been given such a grace by the master if you will do that then your progress will be stopped and it is possible that the grace which has been showered on you may be withdrawn ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਦੀ ਕਰਮਾਤ ਦੇਖਣੀ ਹੈ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਸੇਵਕੀ ਸੇਵਕਾਂ ਤੋਂ ਪੁੱਛੋ ਸੇਵਕ ਦੇਖਦੇ ਆ ਜੋ ਅੰਦਰ ਜਾਂਦੇ ਹੈ ਸਭ ਤੋਂ ਬੜੀ ਕਰਮਾਤ ਇਹ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਸੇਵਕ ਦੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਮਨ ਇੰਦਰੀਆਂ ਤੋਂ ਆਜ਼ਾਦ ਕਰਾ ਕੇ ਚਲਾਸੀ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਦੁਖੀ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਨਾਲ ਮਿਲਾ ਦੇਣਾ ਇਦੋਂ ਹੋਰ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਵੱਡੀ ਕਰਮਾਤ ਹੋ ਸਕਦੀ ਹੈ ਇਫ ਯੂ ਵਾਂਟ ਟੂ ਸੀ ਦ ਮਿਰੈਕਲ ਆਫ ਦ ਪਰਫੈਕਟ ਮਾਸਟਰਸ ਆਸਕ ਦ ਡਿਸਾਈਪਲਸ ਟੂ ਗੋ ਇਨ ਦ ਵਿਦਿਨ ਥੈਟ ਹਾਊ ਦ ਮਾਸਟਰ ਕਨੈਕਟ the soul making it free from the mind and the organs of senses the soul which is suffering in the cycle of 84 lakhs birth and death how the masters connect that soul with almighty lord and how they take the soul back to their back to her real home <coughs> this is the only miracle which this is the highest or the biggest miracle which the master performs with the soul of the disciples var 17 panna 136 number b बंगले संकलाख आक जवाही दिसियर कालीन सिंबल कुगुच ਜਿਹਨੇ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਉਗਣ 
ਕੁਝ ਦੇਣੇ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਮੈਂ ਕਿਸੇ ਦੀ ਨਿੰਦਿਆ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰਦਾ ਉਹ ਸਭ ਕੁਝ ਉਹ ਆਪਣੇ ਉੱਪਰ ਹੀ ਢਾਲਦੇ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਉਹ ਸਾਰੇ ਔਗਣ ਮੇਰੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਹੈ ਨਾਉ ਭਾਈ ਗੁਰਦਾਸ ਇਸ ਪੁਟਿੰਗ ਆਲ ਦੀ ਬੈਡ ਕੁਆਲਿਟੀਜ਼ ਆਫ ਦੀ ਮਨਮੁਖਸ ਇਨ ਵਨ ਪਲੇਸ ਐਂਡ ਹੀ ਇਸ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ ਅਸ ਦੈਟ ਮਿਲੀਅਨਸ ਆਫ ਦੀ ਕੌਂਟਸ ਮਿਲੀਅਨਸ ਆਫ ਦੀ ਪਾਈਜ਼ਨਸ ਸਨੇਕਸ ਮਿਲੀਅਨਸ of uh, the elephants and millions of all the things which he mentioned earlier those who have the qualities of the manmukhs i have the qualities of i have the qualities of all those millions of the bad quality people he does not criticize anyone he says that whatever i have said earlier that all applies to me himbal ko guchakaviya ਅਰਸ਼ਸ ਲਖ ਸੰਧੀ ਨਾਲੇ ਪਥਰ ਕਾਮ ਰੋਗੀ ਕਣੇ ਗਦਹਾ ਕਾਲੇ ਕੰਬਲ ਪਾਲੇ ਹੈ ਤਿਲ ਬੁਆੜ ਲਖ ਅਕਟਡ ਅਰੰਡ ਤੁਮੇ ਚਿਤਰਾਲੀ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਲਖਾਂ ਅਕਟਡ ਲਖਾਂ ਰੰਡ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਵੀ ਚਿਤਨ ਪਾਲੇ ਔਰ ਲਖਾਂ ਹੀ ਕਹਿੰ ਲਖਾਂ ਹੀ ਸੰਖ ਜਿਤਨੇ ਦੋਸ਼ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਹੁੰਦੇ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗਿਆ ਉਹ ਸਾਰੇ ਮੇਰੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਹੈ now it says that i have all the net qualities which millions of conscious millions of all these thorny bushes millions of those trees who only produce the bitter taste he says that i have the bad qualities of uh, i have the bad qualities more than i have more bad qualities than millions of these things ye pukar na kare na mera koi renda na ho ha ਕੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਉਪਦੇਸ਼ ਸੁਣ ਕੇ ਵੀ ਮੈਂ ਉਸ ਤੇ ਅਮਲ ਨਾ ਕੀਤਾ
He says that even after going in the company of the master and even after listening to his instructions, I did not live up to it. Sad Sangat Gur Shabad Sun Gur Upadish Narigh Samali Trig Jeevan De Mukh Betale Trig Jeevan De Mukh Betale ਜਿਹੜੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੇ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਨੂੰ ਰਿਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਜਗਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਦਿੰਦੇ ਦੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦਾ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਵਿੱਚ ਆਉਣਾ ਤਰਗ ਹੈ ਤਰਗੀ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦਾ ਜਿਉਣਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਬੇਮੁਖ ਹੈ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਅੱਗੇ ਮੂੰਹ ਕਾਲੇ ਕੀਤੇ ਜਾਂਦੇ ਹੈ ਕਾਲ ਵੀ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਸਜਾ ਦਿੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਨਾ ਹੀ ਸੇ ਦੈਟ ਕਰਸ ਔਨ ਦ ਲਾਈਫਸ ਆਫ ਦੋਸ ਪੀਪਲ ਦੋਸ ਹੂ ਡੂ ਨਾਟ ਲੈਟ ਦ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਆਫ ਦ ਮਾਸਟਰ ਡਵੈਲ ਇਨ ਦੇਅਰ ਹਾਰਟ ਹੀ ਸੇ ਦੈਟ ਦੇ ਆਰ ਕਮਿੰਗ ਇਨਟੂ ਥਿਸ ਵਰਲਡ ਇਜ਼ ਯੂਜ਼ਲੈਸ ਐਂਡ ਕਰਸ ਔਨ ਦੇਅਰ ਕਮਿੰਗ ਇਨਟੂ ਥਿਸ ਵਰਲਡ ਐਂਡ ਫਰਦਰ their faces are blackened blackened and they get the punishment from the angel for them sant mahatma prasang matar agar sachai bayan bhi karde hai phir bhi oh darde hai ke sukshm roop bhi kithe hankar na sade vich aa jave ya koi nindya da les na reh jave phir bhi oh sab kuch sachai bata ke vi khende hai nahi pyareo kabir ne kya sabse hum bure hum taj palo sab koe ਜਿਨ ਐਸਾ ਕਰ ਜਾਣਿਆ ਸੋ ਨੀਤ ਹਮਾਰਾ ਸੋਏ ਈਵਨ ਦੋ ਸੇਮਸ ਇਨ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਸੈਲਸ ਦ ਰਿਐਲਿਟੀ ਦੇ ਟੈਲਸ ਦ ਟਰੂਥ ਬਟ ਈਵਨ ਆਫਟਰ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ ਅਸ ਦ ਟਰੂਥ ਦੇ ਆਰ ਆਲਵੇਜ਼ ਵੈਰੀ ਕੇਅਰਫੁਲ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਆਲਸੋ ਹੈਵ ਥਿਸ ਫੀਅਰ ਥੈਟ ਮੇਬੀ ਇਨ देयर ਐਕਸਪ੍ਰੈਸ਼ਨ ਔਰ ਇਨ देयर ਟੈਲਿੰਗ ਆਫ ਦ ਰਿਐਲਿਟੀ ਅ ਸਲਾਈਟੈਸਟ ਹਿੰਟ ਆਫ ਇਕੋਇਜ਼ਮ ਮੇ ਨਾਟ ਬੀ ਪ੍ਰੈਜ਼ੈਂਟ ਐਂਡ ਥੈਟ ਇਜ਼ ਵਾਈ ਦੇ ਆਰ ਆਲਵੇਜ਼ ਵੈਰੀ ਕੇਅਰਫੁਲ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਡੋਨਟ ਵਾਂਟ ਈਵਨ ਦ ਸਟਲਸਟ ਫਾਰਮ ਆਫ ਦ ਇਕੋਇਜ਼ਮ ਟੂ ਕਮ that is why kabir sahab kabir sahab said that uh, he who kabir sahab said that i am full of the bad qualities and i don't have any good qualities in me and he who realizes this is my friend swami maharaj da shabad aunda hai jehda ke bimari de dinan vich baba saavan singh ji achhi tarah gaur na pakh ke sunde si je guru main gunagar atpari eh sara hi badi nimrata bhariya shabad hai that is the hymn of swami ji maharaj which master saavan singh ji used to often uh, listen to it he would make his party sing that uh, hymn that hymn says that oh master i am the grave sinner this whole hymn is full of uh, so much humility Our closing bhajan is on page 175. <coughs> the Lord gives whatever is asked from him. He has spread his power in the four directions and has put his hand on my head. Looking with gracious eyes, he has removed the pain of his servant. Master, who is the Lord, protects his people himself, removing all the bad qualities. The compassionate and forgiving one embraces me. The Lord gives whatever is asked from him. Whatever Nanak the servant speaks from his mouth becomes true here and hereafter. The Lord gives whatever is asked from him. Bhajan of Guru Arjan Dev. Yo mange takuri apne hi the so isoi 
Lord gives whatever is asked from him. May God bless us all.